Well, turn in your Bibles this morning to 1 John chapter 3, 1 John the third chapter, and uh, notice with me over in verse 1 and verse 2. It's kind of in a straight between two different messages today, but I believe this is the right one. Praise God, and who knows, maybe we'll just connect on to next week. We'll see it's anniversary Sunday. 1 John the third chapter and verse 1 and 2. Behold what manner of love. The Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world doesn't know us because it knew him not. Notice with me. This is the magnitude of his love for us. He calls us sons of God. Even the angels got a little jealous. They said, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? No other part of creation can say this, that they're sons of God. This is your identity. This is your security. This is our eternal claim to fame. Say it with me. I am a child of God. Now notice again verse 2, or in verse 2, Beloved, now we are the sons of God. Not when we get to heaven, but right now. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know. That when he shall appear, how many of you know he's coming? He's coming soon. That we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Glory to God. You and I have been born into the divine family of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And we're growing. And we're developing. And we're cultivating this relationship with our heavenly father. Amen. You know, Paul said in Ephesians, the third chapter, in the 14th verse, I love this. He was getting ready to pray. In verse 14 and 15, he says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. I just love that phrase. The Father and his family. We have a Father. We have a family in heaven, and we have a family here on earth. He's not just a father, he is the father. He is my father. He is your father. Hallelujah. That means the one who made the universe is your father. I ask you today, who's your daddy? When you know who your daddy is. When you know who your father is, this affects you in a positive way. What it means is all sense of inferiority is gone. All sense of looking for our identity is gone. All fear of approaching him is gone. God is your father as much as he is Jesus' father. And it is not based on what we have done. It is based on what he has done. I think we ought to just give him some praise. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. You're dismissed. Have a good day. No, just kidding. (laughs) Galatians, the fourth chapter. Somebody just shouted, glory. Galatians chapter four, verse six and seven. It says this, and because you are sons, look at yourself as a son of God. 
God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, or Daddy, Daddy. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Jesus Christ. See, there's both male and female sons. And as an heir, this means this. You are heir to what he has. One translation says this. Since you're his child, everything he has belongs to you. We are heirs by the new birth. The NLT says this in Galatians 3.29, and I'll just read it to you. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Woo, glory. Think about the promises of God he made to Abraham. The same promises belong to you and belong to me. We have the privilege of being led by the Spirit of God. In Romans 8 and verse 16 and 17, it says this. Verse 16 and 17, that the Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the, what? We're the children of God. Now I want you to read verse 17 with me. Ready? Read. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God... And joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. I want you to notice this statement. We're heirs of God. All that belongs to him belongs to us. And we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. You see, we have been given joint seating with the master himself. We are seated in heavenly places in and through Christ Jesus. And we are joint heirs with Christ. All that the Father has, Jesus said, belongs to Him. And because you're a joint heir with Christ, all that Jesus has belongs to you. This gives you your identity. You are God's Son. You've got the witness on the inside of you that you are a child of the Most High God. Amen. And then going over to John. The book of John. We notice over here in chapter 10 and verse 29 and verse 30. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck you out of his hand. No man can pluck us out of his hand. We are in our father's care. We are in our father's hands. Underneath you and I this morning are his everlasting arms. Our Father has everlasting arms of love. He has everlasting arms of mercy. He has everlasting arms of the grace of God. And I love what Brenda said as she was doing her announcements. That he upholds all things by the mighty word of his power. Isn't it good to know that you're upheld? Isn't it good to know that the creator of the universe, your heavenly father, holds you in the palm of his hand? He is literally, hallelujah, tattooed a picture of you on the palm of his hands. And that, my friends, is shouting ground right there. Come on, shout for about five seconds. Glory to God. Glory to God. Sometimes we need to get our shouter going. We need to get our shouter moving. Amen. 
They said that old song back in the 60s, get your motor running. Well, they were talking about a motorcycle, but you and I also have a motor. It's the spirit of God and the spirit of man on the inside of us. It's the where you believe God. And sometimes we just got to get our motor running. We got to hook our believer up with our speaker and shout and say, my father loves me. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And he's merciful. And he's gracious. There's nothing that we could ever do that will ever separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's no more condemnation. There's no more separation. God the Father loves you. Amen. Now notice here in John 10, 29 and 30 again. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, I want you to see this. He is greater. It's verse 28 and 29. John, oh, oh, excuse me. My motor just shut down. <laughs> okay, here we go. It's John. <laughs> it's John chapter 10, verse 28 and 29. Thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Now, verse 29. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. I want you to pay particular attention to this phrase in verse 29. It says, My Father, your Father, our Father... He's greater. He's greater. He's greater. He's greater. He's greater than all. Woo! He's greater than disease. He's greater than poverty. He's greater than depression. He's greater than anything. Your father, my father, is greater than all. And he's placed the greater one on the inside of us. Say with me, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. You know, as kids, we used to play the game. My daddy's bigger than your daddy. My daddy's tougher than your daddy. Well, thank God our heavenly father is greater than any demonic force that will ever come against your life. He's greater than any demonic force that would ever come against this nation. So what kind of a father is he? He's the best of the best. He is the very best. In James 1.17, let me quote this to you. Every good gift and every perfect gift. Does he have good gifts? Does he have perfect gifts? Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And then in Matthew seven eleven says this if you then being evil or natural, you know how to give good gifts unto your children. How many of you love blessing your kids? How many of you just love blessing your grandkids? I'm real excited about today. Today's Father's Day. I'm gonna have my whole clan together tonight. At about 8 o'clock tonight, 
We're going to pick up James and Esther and Eden from Orange County Airport. We're flying in around the same time. John's going to pick us up. We're going to go to a house in Orange County. And we're going to go to Disneyland for two days. But it's not so much chasing a mouse around the park. It's the fact that the family's together. That's a good gift. Family's a good gift. Hallelujah. And so we love, we love to bless our children. We love to give them good things. We love to bless our grandchildren. We just love to do that because we love them. But notice this. If ye then being evil or natural, if you know how to give good gifts unto your children, whoo, glory. Hallelujah. Come on. How much more? How much more? I can hear Dad Hagen preaching this. He preached this many times. He says, that just sends a thrill through my spirit. How much more? He'd say, how much more? And we'd all say, much, much more. And then he'd say, how much more? And we'd say, much, much more. Well, I got a question for you today. How much more? Woo, glory to God. How much more shall your Father, which is in heaven... Give good things to those that ask him. He's a good father who gives good things. Listen, there's no truth in all the Bible as far reaching as this blessed fact. That if we've been born again and we've come into the family of God. That God the father is our father and he cares for us. Look at Matthew the sixth chapter. And notice with me in verse 25 through 34. He says here, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What shall you eat or what shall you drink? Nor yet for your body, what you're going to put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air. They don't sow, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father, he feeds them. Are you not much better than a bird? Sometimes you're about to get despondent and discouraged, just go bird watching. And remind yourself, my father takes care of them and surely he'll take care of me. Verse 27. Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to his stature? And why take you thought for clothing? Consider this, the lilies of the field. How they grow, they spoil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall I eat? What shall I drink? What shall I wear? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But rather seek first your heavenly Father. Seek first the kingdom of God and all and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Verse 34, read it with me. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. How many of you know he's interested in us? I mean he's interested in each one of us individually. Not just as a group. Not just as a body. 
not just as a local church. He's interested in each one of his children, and he loves every single one of us with the same love. Jesus said it very clearly in John 17, 23. He said this, I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and you have loved them as much as you have loved me. Think about it. Your heavenly Father loves you as much as he loves Jesus. Hallelujah. So since that's true, that means I'm not afraid. That means we don't have to be afraid. Afraid of what? Afraid to face life's problems. For he that is within me is greater than he that I would face in the natural realm in the world. In John 16, 27, he says this, For the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He's not going to take you halfway through life and let you down. Hallelujah. Recession, depression, whatever may come our way in this nation. Thank God he's got our back. He is our re-reward. He goes before us. He's on our side. He is for us. There is nothing to fear. The Lord is my light and my salvation. From whom shall I be afraid? Glory. 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 So have faith in your father. You know, he has a tremendous track record. Think about what your father has done, even in the old covenant. He split the Red Sea. The children of Israel came through the Red Sea on dry ground. Hallelujah. He caused the walls of Jericho to fall when the children of Israel shouted. Amen. He was in David's stone when David took that sling and took Goliath down. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. He is and was Elisha's and Elijah's miracles. He is the bright morning star. He is the chief shepherd of your soul. Amen. Your father is good to you. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. So stop trying to be approved by him. You are already pre-approved. You're pre-approved. You know, people have this idea sometimes, well, I guess you couldn't pray enough. I guess you couldn't serve enough. I guess you couldn't uh, worship enough. I guess you just couldn't do this and couldn't. What's wrong with that statement? I'll tell you what's wrong with that statement is that places God in an area or in a zone, if you will, that he is unpleasable. And it also makes a statement, not only is he unpleasable, but he's also unreasonable. Your heavenly father is not unreasonable. He knows that there's 24 hours in a day. He knows you've got your car to wash. He knows you've got some dishes to clean. He knows you've got some babies to take care of. 
And so instead of us getting on a treadmill of works, trying to be approved by Heavenly Father, just know this, that we are already accepted by Him. We are already accepted in the Beloved. And in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6, if you could track with me up there, that would be great. I didn't intend to go this direction, but it just seems good. In Ephesians, the first chapter, in verse 3 through 6, it says, uh, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Verse 4. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Verse 5. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will. Now I want you to read verse 6 with me. To the praise of the glory of his grace. You're already accepted. Yes, thank you, Stop trying to be approved by your works. Right. You are already pre-approved. pre-approved. You are already in the Father's family. Okay. You know, when you think about Jesus, before Jesus ever performed a miracle, before he ever went into the synagogue that morning and declared the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. Before any of that ever happened, when He was baptized in the river Jordan, the Spirit of the Lord descended upon Him and the Father looked down upon His Son and said, This is my beloved Son in whom, come on, I am well pleased. The Father was already pleased with the Father or with the Master before He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. He was already pleased with the Son before He fed the multitude, before He raised the dead. Your approval is not performance-based. Come on, somebody. Help me out with this a little bit. Say it with me. My approval from the Heavenly Father has not been nor will it ever be, never ever be, performance-based. You see, it's hardwired into us as children in the natural realm. It's hardwired into us to have the approval of our Father. It's hardwired into you as a born-again believer on the inside of you. To be pleasing unto the Lord. We all long for harmony. We all long for unhindered fellowship. We all long for the pleasure and the approval of our Heavenly Father. You see, to be approved simply means this. To think well of. Now it's Father's Day, is it not? And as I said, every child seeks the approval of their father. Somebody said, well, I never had a father. Or I never had the approval of my earthly father. Well, thank God you can't say that now. I said, you can't say that now. Because if you're born again, you have a father. I said, you have a father. And you have his approval. When he sees you, when he looks at you, he thinks well of you. 
I know the thoughts that I have toward my sons. I know the thoughts that I have toward my daughters. These are thoughts of peace. These are thoughts of shalom. These are thoughts of nothing missing, nothing broken in their life. When he sees you, he doesn't go, oh. Uh, <clears throat> when he sees me, he does not see Mark Thomas after the flesh. He doesn't see the mess I was. He sees the fact that now I am the righteousness of God in Christ. That I am a new creation. And the way that he sees you is the way he sees me in Christ. And all my brothers and sisters, this will change the way you think. This will transform your life. When you get a revelation that you've been pre-approved, that you've accepted in the beloved, I'm telling you, the sky looks bluer. The grass looks greener. Hallelujah. Oh, happy day. My father loves me. My father is for me. My father is on my side. Woo! Glory, 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 glory. Before he ever went about doing good, he was pre-approved. He pleased the Father. You look over and over again in the Word of God. It's not just once, but over and over again in the Word of God. You will see on the Mount of Transfiguration the same statement, This is my beloved Son, and I'm well pleased. Peter, looking back, said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Glory to God. And here's what Jesus' heart was. Jesus' heart was this. I didn't come to earth to do my own will. But I came to this earth to do the will of my Father which is in heaven. Jesus said this. I always do those things that please my heavenly Father. Hallelujah. He said over there in John chapter 4. He said, look, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Are you getting anything out of this today? Say with me, my father. He's not unhappy with me. You know, we've been pastoring a few days now. And I've seen people get into a treadmill of religiosity. A treadmill of legalism. I've got to fast 40 days and 49. Did God tell you to do that? If God didn't tell you to do that, it's dangerous. We just couldn't, we couldn't serve him enough. What this does, it paints a picture that he's unreasonable, that he can't be pleased. It is one of the biggest lies that the enemy sows into Christians' lives. That no matter what you do, it's never enough. Say this with me, perfect performance is not a requirement to please my Father. Hallelujah. Now here's the deal. We must not ignore the fact that your Father, He's not looking at you according to the flesh. Your Father is looking at your heart. Say that with me. My Father is looking at my heart. So the question is then, well, how are we going to please him. The way that we please him, we please him with a perfect heart. And a perfect heart is obtainable. In uh, 2 Corinthians 16, 9, thank you for tracking with me up there because we're going into two different messages at the same time, but it's all right, right? 
In 2 Corinthians 16, 9, it says this, For the eyes of the Lord run to and throw, <clears throat> Second Corinthians, uh, I'm sorry, Second Chronicles 16, 9. I get so excited, I get into the new covenant. Second Chronicles 16, 9. Take a deep breath. Second Corinthians uh, Chronicles sixteen nine, Hallelujah. Did you get any sleep last night? You bet I did. Thank you. All right. For the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong in the behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward Him. Herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. Now notice this word perfect. A lot of people think, well, I'm not perfect. That word perfect means this, a heart that is wholehearted. A heart that is fully committed to Him. We'll never attain the kind of perfection that the world talks about. But perfection in Christ is a heart that's open. How many of you know you can be right in your heart, but sometimes wrong in your head? Think about some of the kings in the Old Covenant. Some of the kings in the Old Covenant, I mean, they did the right things, but their heart was wrong. And then there's other kings in the Old Covenant that did the wrong things, and yet their heart was right. I've had times where I've you know, taken me time to see, oh man, that, I blew it. That was a dumb thing. I made a mistake. At the time, I didn't think it was a mistake. At the time, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. But in the middle of that, I believe this, that the Lord says to us, it's okay, son, I was looking at your heart all the time, even though your head was in a different place. Say this with me, God is looking, he's looking at my heart. Glory to God. Now, we will never have perfect knowledge, we'll never have perfect understanding, and we'll never have perfect performance. Those things are not required. But in spite of that, you can have a heart that is completely committed to Him. To be perfect does not mean to be flawless. Say with me, God's looking at my heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, look at John chapter 8. You know, when it comes to performance, we don't cut it. Our righteousness is filthy rags. But you and I have been approved in His righteousness. Notice this statement over in John chapter 8. Say with me, I have a willing heart to please my Father. John chapter 8 verse 28 says this. And He that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone. John 8 Verse 29, yeah. John 8, 29. Says this, And he that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone. Read that last phrase with me. Did did you feel that? I didn't. Did you feel that? For I was doing nothing. Let's try it one more time. For I always do those things. 
I always do those things that please my father. This is something that your believer and your speaker need to connect with. This is something that we should say over and over and over again. When you get up in the morning, you ought to say, this day I will always do those things that please my father. I please him every day of my life. What, what are you doing? You're speaking this out by faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. But if you're saying this in faith, you've said it believing and he's pleased with you right now. Say with me, I always do those things that please my father. Hallelujah. Right now. Right now. So here's the question. Can God be pleased? The big question is, is are you willing? The truth is, many Christians are not willing. Do you feel that? (laughs) But the question is, is that you? That's not me. I'm willing. I'm willing to always please my Heavenly Father. How many of you want to be like the Lord? Then have a heart to do His will. Hallelujah. No matter what has happened in the past, no matter where you've been on this Father's Day, you can make an adjustment. The closer on this is this. Your father loves you. He doesn't want you worrying about anything. He wants you to cast all your cares upon him. And you are pre-approved in him. Let's pray. You see, when a man's ways please the Lord, he'll even make his enemies to be at peace with him. Hallelujah. If you're willing and obedient, the good of the land's going to track you down and find you. It's about your heart. Place your hand over your heart and pray this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, my desire is to please you. Forgive me of any unwillingness or stubbornness in the past. I declare that's not my heart. I choose to do your will and to follow in your footsteps. I confess this day that you are not unreasonable and you are not unpleasable. I declare this morning that you are working in me to will and to do all of your good pleasure. And so I say by faith, I always do what pleases you. Now, if you really mean that, he's already pleased because he's looking at your heart. Amen. Well, did you get anything out of today?